do you love audiobooks? You can get a free 30-day trial membership to audible.com by visiting audibletrial.com slash divebarrockstar. They have thousands of audiobook titles, as well as podcasts, guided wellness programs, theatrical performances, A-list comedy, and exclusive Audible originals you won't find anywhere else. Get your free trial membership at audibletrial.com slash divebarrockstar. Welcome to the Dive Bar Rockstar Podcast, a show exploring the lives of professional musicians of all types, touring musicians, recording artists, songwriters, engineers, bar bands, wedding bands, and anyone making their living in the music industry. Whether you've dreamed of being a professional or you already are one, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Eric Baines, and I hope that you not only find some entertainment here, but also some helpful tips, trade secrets, and ideas that will help you achieve your dreams. A friend of mine and longtime client, I've produced many, many songs for her. She's a songwriter named Jen Waters, but she also writes short stories for kids and she'll record them and then I put a score underneath it. And we have about four records, I think, on iTunes um, now of that kind of stuff. The latest of which is called Curiouser and Curiouser, and it should be on the ballad for Grammy nominations. I think it's under spoken word. So if you're a Grammy voter... Uh, keep it keep it in mind. Check it out. But she's decided to turn it into a podcast called Pen Jen's Inkwell Podcast. And in addition to the stories, each one's an episode, she does an introduction, which she'll talk about where the story came from and the research that went into making them. Sometimes it's childhood stories and stuff. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting if you've got kids and you need something to listen to in the car. So check out Pen Jen's Inkwell Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. My guest today just happens to play with the legendary band The Who. He's also played with Roger Daltrey as a solo artist. He's a great keyboard player and old friend. Um, in addition to that, he's toured with Hilary Duff, Tiffany, Selena Gomez, Jordan Pruitt, Demi Lovato, Kenny Loggins, Rita Wilson, Dancing with the Stars, and many, many others. He's... Um, He's got two great solo records out and two instructional books. He's a great player and a great guy, so please enjoy my conversation with Lauren Gold. So how are you passing the time? Um, yeah, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been recording. You know, I, one of my, I, got a, I got a new piano not too long ago, and that's kind of been a project of mine. Um, just getting it mic'd up and now I'm able to do some, you know, some real live acoustic piano sessions and it's just, it sounds great. I couldn't be more happier. So I've been spending a lot of time with that and just getting my home rig going. It's funny. There's, there's, I still have just like this shit list of stuff that I've been wanting to do for years and I'm still picking away at it, you know, yeah, yeah. organizing photos that I've taken over the past 15 years on the road, <laughs> you know, just like, Oh, you right. know. Yeah. Well, it's great. It's great to have this time off. It's like such a, yeah. you know, double-edged sword. It's like kind of retirement. I, I've learned that retirement will suit me. Yeah. 
No, I have no problem. You know, I have my routine. I, I wake up every morning and uh, I have coffee and I sit outside by my pool as well. And, you know, just read the news for a little bit until I get depressed about that. <laughs> and then I shut that off and then I, you know, do something else. Um, but I, I, I really enjoy that little more routine than, you know, I've been trying to stay active, you know, riding my bike and exercising. And yeah. Going, enjoy walking a lot and just in my routine, you know, golf. Yeah, for you sure. You golf? I can't remember. You don't golf, you know do you? I, I've golfed all my life, but I'm not good. Oh, at you're kidding. It. Yeah, but I'm not good at it. So I've, I've no one is. <laughs> yeah. So I sort of like, I hadn't golfed in about two years. And then three weeks ago, my friend was like, Hey, we, we need an extra for a foursome. So, uh, for, yeah, I've done it twice in the last couple of weeks and it, it's actually been enjoyable. Like, how did you do? Um, not, not well, but I, I think if I stick mainly my, my secret is just a five iron and then yes. a pitching wedge and a putter. I play with people that don't never take the driver out. Yeah. I, I I'm working my way up to that. In fact, it's a really good thing to do. You know, they say I, the, the best approach, a friend of mine is a really good golfer. Um, he's like, you start with the short game and you start with your, putting. you just work on your putting and you literally work backwards. Yeah. Just yeah. Pot, 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 pot. Just do that for weeks. Then pick up your, your, you know, your sandwich and then just right. the driver's the last thing you want to be doing. Like you, you don't want to be out there just trying to crush it at the range all the time. It's, you know, it's fun, but it's not going to do you any good. Yeah. And I think, I feel like because we're musicians and we deal with like little movements, my short yeah. game's a lot better. Like the putter is, I'm uh -huh. good. You know, I, yeah, if you have a good short game, you're going to beat all your friends. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let me tell you that right yeah. now. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see. I mean, if it takes you, if he still takes you, you know, four <laughs> shots to get near the green, then, it, you know, you're not doing any better, but so I'm working yeah. on the, the long shots, but I feel like once I get right. close, I'm, you know, I'm used to, you know, I think that's like kind of a music thing, you know, like piano, yeah. it's subtlety, you know, there's yeah. not much subtlety about driving a ball, you know, 200 yards. No. So I'm not, I don't know. I think it's not in my nature. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. 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 Well, it's, you'll get there. I love it. Yeah. So on the topic of music, I think your first big gig was Hillary Duff, right? Pretty much. Yeah. That was the first big proper tour, you know, playing arenas and that, that whole thing. Yeah. And how did, how did that come about? Um, I just got, it wasn't really an audition. Um, I was just asked, I think there, the guy was putting a band together and uh, I was just kind of asked, I just come off from a previous, another, I did a pop artist before that played with um, Tiffany, remember her. And then oh, so right. went from there to, I was just kind of asked, I, I think they just, it was one of these, it wasn't an audition, but they just interviewed a lot of people. Gotcha. Um, more, you know, one-on-one -on -one talking to you because you're dealing with a really young artist at the t who, who was a very young artist at the time. Right. So there wasn't really, you know, everyone that kind of came, came into the circle when they were looking at people could play. So that wasn't really, you know. Right. It wasn't like, all right, we need to hear you do your, all your scales, you know? It was just like, right. all right, we know your track record. You can, you can play, obviously, but we, we want to talk to you. Right, right. Yeah, because she was 15 and a half when we started. Wow. And was she signed, signed already? She was signed to Hollywood Records, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Did you enjoy that? I loved it. 
Yeah. I really loved it. She was just, you know, she was great. Just loved interacting with her band and super fun. She, she just had a great time on stage. It was amazing just to be thrown into such a huge hysteria. I mean, it was you know, the shrieking, the, the girls, you right. know, teenage girls. And it was just girls and their mothers, you know, it was just, but it was hysteria. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think I was, and you've been I, a part of that. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I did the high school musical tour, probably a little right. after that, but, um, but yeah. yeah, right around the same time. Right. Not much, not much late. Yeah. Maybe a few years later. Yeah. I think you had been doing it a couple of years before I got um, kind of into the whole Disney circuit there at the time, you know, which was awesome work for, for a long time, you know? Right. Right. Um, and did you, you eventually became the musical director? I did. Yeah. I did eventually become the music director and, uh, and it continued. It was great. And what was that was process it, like? Being MD? Yeah. Well, you know, becoming the MD. Well, it's great. I mean, I don't was know. It, I don't know what it, as a keyboard player, I mean, and there's MDs come, you know, not necessarily a keyboard player, but it felt very, sometimes it was a, you're a guitar player or a drummer, but as a keyboard player, it felt very natural. Right. Um, obviously from a musical standpoint, but I was kind of used to, I, I was MD on the previous gig before Hillary and I was just kind of used to it, you know, working yeah. with the artist and, and having that professional relationship and working with the other musicians. So it was, um, you know, you that was the first, you know, you know, on that scale, it was a big, big gig to be an MD at the time. Right. So there's definitely, um, you know, I learned a lot in a very short period of time. And was that uh, something intentional? Like when you sort of came to LA and did you always have your sights set on, I'm not just going to be the backup guy, but I'm going to, I want to be a musical director. It wasn't something I sought after, you know, I, I sought out, I should say. Um, it, it just kind of happened naturally. So, you know, when I first came to LA, I was with an original band and, and we did all that. And then, you know, the band right. breaks up as soon as you've moved to LA, like, <laughs> like, it, like it happens. Um, place. It's yeah, a, let's go to LA. Okay, great. I hate you. All right, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's make or break city yeah it is right um but i stuck it out and uh yeah I, I didn't i didn't dream of becoming a music director it just happened that just organically and I'm, i was happy to do it and I, I love it i love working with the artists you know you yeah. just get slightly more involved a little more a, a part of it yeah absolutely but i love just you know some gigs if you're happy to just take a back seat and play your part you know, sometimes that's just a, a great place to be. It really is. Yeah. Kind of depends it, on, be, on the artist too. It right? does. Sometimes it can be quite stressful and um, it burn you out. Just to, it completely depends on the artist. It's so true. Yeah. And you also did like Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato. Yeah. The, I was MD on those. I, I uh, put the band together for right when they first started, both Demi and Selena. They were just coming off their, their shows. Um, and that was fun. That was really building it from the ground up, working with the parents and cattle call auditions. Um, and that was interesting because I, I basically, I wasn't playing. So I was just removing myself and, and, uh, trying to get the right players, you know, for the, for the, for each artist. 
which was an interesting process because you sometimes you get some amazing players, um, but they you knew they weren't right, right in terms of you know personality or you know working with someone very young and high profile. It's like you, you know you got to make sure these people aren't going to cross the line to right. behave and behave and be professional. It's it's a lot to ask. You know, a lot of times the the, the musicianship is is great. So many people have that, but right. boy, personality, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you're basically, you know, living with, with other people when you're on yeah. the road and, 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 and an artist probably, I don't know what were the circumstances at that point in her career? Was she on the same bus or was she with the band a lot or was she separated? With the band a lot. Yeah, so absolutely. Got to have people that know how to, deal with an artist and absolutely and be respectful and it's it's yeah, yeah and, and it's you really have to read people yeah well yeah and then you actually you put the band together for jordan pruitt as well i remember oh that's right yeah because I, I forgot about jordan yeah and she was actually the opening act for the high school musical tour that's right you know, Boy, she was a great that. singer yeah unbelievable yeah, yeah really good um yeah. Yeah, I forgot I did auditions for that as well. Yeah, it was a great band. It's kind of. Do you like it better not being in the band? It seems like just being more fun. Just being MD. Yeah, yeah. I it was is a lot of fun, but sometimes um, there there'd be moments where I'd be like, you know, if it was like a really great song or you know a really good tour, I'm like, oh, that could be fun to be out there. But yeah, yeah. Um, for, for for those artists, it didn't. Yeah, I I didn't really want to hit hit the road with them, but um, I, I just I really enjoyed being behind the scenes. Yeah, like right. a proud dad, you know, just like right. there they go, aren't they? Gr-? And then yeah, with Selena and Demi, you know, the response was on the band was just overwhelming. I mean, it was really I felt I felt good about that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you'd be able to get a better perspective too. Cause you, you can absolutely, I can like listen to stuff. It's, it's so true. You can, you just sit back and, and you can also, you know, it's all a big part of creating the sound, you know, it's like, okay, I have the record. I have the, the rough mixes. Like, okay. We need to strike a nice balance here of like what's on that record and what are we going to play? So sitting, right. you know, standing out front and really listening and, you know, with your ears open, it's like you say, it's, it's, it's harder to do when you're trying to bring yourself musically into it and trying right. to do, do your parts. And so I've done that too, but it's, it yeah. is nice to just sit back and say, okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Don't like that. Yeah. Well, like, like, like I said, I did the high school musical tour and it's just an interesting story. Ricky Minor was the, the MD on that. And he was right. the, the same kind of thing where, you know, the band, he put the band together and he didn't go on the road, but uh, he was, right. but it's interesting story only because, so you had called me to do an audition with Taylor Hicks for Taylor Hicks that you were MDing at the time. And I was like, Oh man, this is great. This is going to be awesome. I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. I'm, I'm learning the tunes. I'm learning the songs. And, and then right. at like eight 30 at night, the night before I get a call from uh, my friend, Chad Wright drummer. Yeah. And he's, and he's like, dude, I'm doing this. 
high school musical thing with Ricky Minor and and uh, the, the bass player just dropped out. I'm going to drop off the CD right now. You're going to meet with Ricky at 9 a.m. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, man, okay. I have a, well, I have a year audition at 9.30. You know what I mean? So I'm like, okay, what am I, whatever. You know, so I go, I get there at 9. I'm set, all set up. I'm ready to go. Ricky doesn't show. Ricky doesn't show up. And it's literally across the hall at center staging. You know, so... And then at 9.24, he shows up. I played two songs. And he's like, oh, yeah, you sound great, man. You got the gig if you want it. You know, because they were in rehearsals already. And they were like, oh, my God. And then we got like two-month tour. And then, you know. Amazing. So, so I'm like, that's great. But can I just run across the hall? Because <laughs> I was supposed to be in an audition like 10 minutes ago. And <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I always felt a little bad about that. But it's like a funny thing how this whole thing works. So, I ran over to your audition. And I'm like, sorry, dude. I just got this gig. And I'm, you know what? I think I'm just going to take it because it's, you know, I think at the time, Taylor Hicks just had some TV stuff. Yeah. And, and it wasn't going to, you know, assuming I would have gotten the gig anyways, you know. But, um, but anyway, I do appreciate that call. Uh, and yeah. You really screwed me that day. I want to say. <laughs> I, never, I felt bad for years, you know. <laughs> As you should. If, if I remember correctly, we're, we're joking, of course, listeners. Um, <laughs> if I remember correctly, we were so backed up on audition times. If your call was 930, it right. probably would have been 1015. <laughs> at, at so you probably would, still would have been waiting. Right. Um, Oh, but you funny. you made the right decision, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah I think we were we were we were starting with TV stuff um, with Taylor, mm -hmm. which was great. I mean, we did all the big show, Tonight Show and uh, Good Morning America, and we, we we did a ton of stuff. And then we ooh, we went on the road, um, and that I think the road band was was kind of condensed a bit. It seemed like that was a really fun gig. He, he was, was a cool fun. American Idol winner because he seemed to have a lot of sort of uh, bar band vibe in him. You know, he was like a jam yeah. guy, and which was another bummer for me. Why I was looking so forward to it because that's kind of where yeah. I was well. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm totally going to hit it off with this dude. But, yeah, it was. Uh, I learned a lot from him, and you know, we we were both fans of the music from the '70s, '60s, and '70s, and. Uh, he was always turning me on to songs. I just, you know, I, I didn't know, like he'd bring a Van Morrison song and I'm like, I've never heard this song. And, um, but he loved to jam. That's cool. He loved to new songs. It's like, let's do, uh, let's do a Jerry Rafferty tune. I'm like, wow, great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he just, and, uh, every night it, it was a jam band. I mean, you did take solos and it was completely free. Oh, you know, and uh, great musicians, great band. And we, we had a good time. He would just go off and think about Taylor. I don't think the TV captured it, but he's got a great voice. Yeah. And super soulful. And he plays that harp. I mean, he's, he's a monster. He, he's a real talent. Talent. And that's just the dream gig in a way where you get to play and it's still a pop thing. And, you know. Yeah. Play MD and, uh, you know play you know jam it's it was it was a lot of fun and did, and you wrote songs with him as well i wrote a song for him i i co-wrote a song with a uh, old partner of mine we wrote the first song on his record the runaround so that was the song we were playing on all the tv shows so not only was you know he had just won american idol which was 
a big thing at the time. I mean, he, right. he, we would get out of, he would get out of a car, we'd get out of a car, step on the, you know, on the streets and people were just like, Oh my God, Taylor Hicks. I mean, everybody was watching American Idol. Yeah. So he was mad. He was huge. Um, so we were doing the runaround on the tonight show and all, you know, you know, wow. the view and or whatever, all the, all these shows. And it was my song. It was really, it was, it was a great moment. That's amazing. I'll I'll never forget it. And you've written songs for quite a few people. Uh, I have. What do you got there? (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was just more why you talk about your songwriting. I deny it. I deny it. (laughs) So are you more of like a lyric writer or mostly the music writer? Or how how do you approach songwriting? I'm I'm definitely the music guy. So I'll sit down for that song for example i wrote the music for the taylor hicks song in literally one pass it just came out of me the melody and the chords and everything and then my friend heard it and um he put lyrics to it as the the genius he was um and that was it so you know i wrote a lot of songs like that um but I'm, i'm definitely the the music guy And have you collaborated with artists as well? I have. I have some. It. Um, I, w- I would say most of my collaborations have just been with other other writers or singer songwriters. Um, I haven't really collaborated with any of the people I've I've worked professionally with or toured with. I should say. Gotcha. Yeah, I've kind of done my own thing with with different writers. I haven't written with uh, with Roger, Kenny Loggins, or any of those people yet. Right. <laughs> well, we all have dreams. That's right. <laughs> Got to have goals, even this far down in the career. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of that, you went on from there to Roger Daltrey. I mean, there's probably some gigs in between, but the next day. Sure. Because um, I think I auditioned maybe at the same time that you did. I didn't get the gig, obviously, but... Oh, I didn't know you auditioned. No, you were definitely not in the same time with me. Oh, okay. Maybe it was a couple of years later. Well, that's true because they were auditioning keyboard players. So, Because I remember, I would have remembered if you were there uh, with me. 2009 is when I started with Roger. Got you. Must have been before that then. So maybe, maybe it was doing something before that. Yeah. So how did your, so uh, my audition was amazing because I was, I basically had to jam with Roger Daltrey and yeah. And Simon Townsend for an hour, you know, is, yeah. it, is it kind of the same? Exactly the same thing. Yeah. And, uh, well, maybe it probably was the same, same period then. It might've been I the same time. 
I feel like it was. It was over the course of a few different days. Yeah, it was like three days. So you probably did it a different day. That's probably what it was. Yeah, yeah. it was or like a, a different time or something. Yeah, I know because when I got there and I was in the waiting room or whatever, I, it was over at... It was or, at uh, Third Encore. Encore. Third Encore, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and he had come out to, I don't know, use the restroom or something. And so he was like, oh, <laughs> hey, how's you guys? And he introduced everybody that was waiting. And, and he's like, yeah, these guys, they got me singing eight hours a day doing these damn <laughs> auditions, you know? And he was just so real and so normal. Yeah, I know. He's great, huh? It seemed like such a cool guy. I and know. That, was that a was that how he was to work with pretty much? Oh, absolutely. He's just he loves to sing and he has, loves to have fun. Yeah. He doesn't take things seriously. He loves it when musicians, you know, are human and you know, it's make weird sounds or a mistake or something. He's, he just he loves that. Oh wow. I know it's it's wild. Uh, that it, it doesn't really happen, but he just when if something if there's some glitch, it makes him so happy. <laughs> wow, my gosh! I know it's it's funny. I love it. It's kind of great because it just takes the pressure off, right? You probably are, play better when someone's not constantly on you about making mistakes. Yeah, you know. What every, I, mean? I mean, literally every time we before we walk on stage, he's like, "Let's have a good laugh." Oh man, that's, it's just like, oh, that's so that's so wonderful you know yeah that's just the best yeah and even the audition felt that way too he was just really it felt mm-hmm. like he enjoyed music yeah still and when you're you never know when you get in a room with somebody that old and who's been doing it for that long you know are they going to be the bitter crusty guy or are they gonna yeah you know i saw the I, I was fortunate enough to i have a friend who worked for the rolling stones so i saw those guys a few years back at the uh where was it the what, the, uh, the whiskey, the, Fonda, the Roxy? Fonda, Henry Fonda Theater. Did they play the Fonda Theater? The Th- Fonda Theater, right before My their tour started. God. You know, and they did a little video thing. My friend was like, "Hey, we need good-looking couples, so you and your wife come down." And we were like, you know, a standing room. It yeah. was me. There was a couple of girls standing in front of me, and it was the Rolling Stones. You that's know, pretty, was, that's pretty damn cool. Yeah, it was insane. But 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 I was struck by how much fun they look like they're still having you know right? you're like you've played this song i don't even know how many times yeah. Probably the first time they played satisfaction they were in their early 20s here they yeah. are in their 70s and they still look like they can't wait to play it again they were great I, when we did desert trip um a few <sighs> years ago i was in the pit watching them up close like that and it's just like you say i mean i mean my god mick just delivers and and, oh. and they they all the they're all just having such a great time. Love them or hate them. You know, they're, they yeah. are having a great time and they're, they're playing those songs. Like they're not going through the motions. They, they really yeah. love it. They're smiling. They're relaxed. They're. Yeah. And I wasn't, they're all, they're all great. And I'm more of a Beatles fan. I think Me too. a lot of people yeah. are more, you're either Beatles or a Stones fan, but after seeing them and just watching Mick live, they're like, Oh, I totally get it. Like, how do you, you can't even explain the yeah, seeing the stones up close, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Whole new respect when I saw them that close. Yeah. And great songs. I mean. Oh, of course. I mean, who, who am I? Of course, they're, they're one of the greatest bands that ever lived. But. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. So you're playing with Roger Daltrey and that, that was all awesome. And um, now you're in the Who. So what, what, what happened there? 
I just, you know, <laughs> paid somebody 20 bucks and I was in. <laughs> oh, that's, that's all it was? That's 20 bucks? That's it, yeah. Wow. Well, what would it have it's cost? Kind of bribe the super. <laughs> what would it have cost me just to get the Roger Daltrey gig? I should have thought of that. <laughs> right? Um, I mean, I'd been playing with Roger for a few years. And then, yeah, 2012, um, I, was asked, I was asked to join. I mean, we were, there was a, they were going to go out and do Quadrophenia. Um, and um, Roger said, I want to be in the Who. It was literally like that. Wow. I mean, that's... I, yeah. You're, you're, you're ordered to be in the Who by Roger Daltrey. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was great. Um, so it, it was literally, as, you know, you, you couldn't ask for a better way to be a part of it. And, uh, and Pete, you know, Pete had heard, talked to Simon, and, you know, everyone said Lauren's a guy. And so it's just, a, at that point, it's just a question of... Um, making sure Pete was happy and, and there was never a problem. And you, you told me a story about helping with the Super Bowl show. I think I did. Well. That's kind of, that was my first, you know, step into the world of the who. Um, so Simon and I went down to Florida after the end of our adultery tour and um, worked on editing the show together, basically the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, I had my laptop and I was cutting up Pro Tools in Pro Tools, um, all the songs, um, that I think they wanted to do. I was, and I was, while we were on tour, Roger and I were talking, you know, we were doing train rides through the UK and, and Roger and I would be sitting next to each other on my laptop. And I'd say, why don't we try this, you know, go from here to here. And, you know, he'd say, I want to do this. So it was, it was just a lot of back and forth between the two of us. And then uh, eventually Simon and I just, you know, went down to Florida and we uh, made sure it all was all seamless. And And had you been asked to do the who yet at that point or? No. So that kind of added to. Yeah, I think so. It was, it was right around that time. It's a really good question. I I really have to think about that. I, I, I don't think so. Yeah. So uh, it, it, you know, may, it, it may have been, it may have been coming like, a, like it, you could sense that it was, it was going to happen. Or maybe I think Roger had planted a seed or management or something like that. I really, I don't, I really don't remember to be honest. Wow. But not only know. are you sort of working way into the who you're, 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 <laughs> you're designing the Super Bowl show for that year. Yeah. That's, that's a pretty big gig. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And I, it was fun, like putting, you know, little things for, from transitioning from one song to the, to the next. And when I heard him play it, I'm like, Oh, that's great. It all worked out. So Pete Downson, legendary kind of intense dude. Is he, Absolutely. Uh, how, how has it been? How did it take, obviously Roger already liked you. So did it take time right. for Pete to sort of warm up to you or? Yeah, it took, it, it took, it took a little bit, but not long. You know, he was, he was very sweet and like, I mean, it's like, it's like, I've heard great things and blah, blah, blah. We, rehearsals were great. Um, and uh, there'd be moments during the show where he'd smile at me and, and everything was going, is just really well. And then after, after a few weeks, you know, after he really got to know you, and then like any gig, you know, you know, then you're like, you know, getting hugs and it's just, it just all went, it was very natural. And, and he was, the guy's not only brilliant, but he's, he's 
it's very warm and really funny and really quick and really smart. Oh, that's great. And he's a genius. <laughs> as, we, as everyone knows and he changed the sound of pop music he really did yeah and is he uh like roger in the sense that mistakes aren't a big deal or is it a little more oh no he's he's happiness? no he he uh he's he's fine with mistakes but there's not a lot of them because everyone's really on their toes right of course, you know. nobody nobody wants to make mis- make mistakes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. Oh, I, I hear you like mistakes too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, is it cool if I just you yeah. know make a few mistakes? Yeah, <laughs> Roger seems to like that. Um, <laughs> no, it's like, uh, but he wants. You know, he's got an amazing ear. Sometimes he'll hear stuff. You're like, "What are you doing there?" And then and then he'll you know come over with his guitar. He's so musical. Yeah, whole hear things that I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe he, you know, he can hear that, and not and you, because of his hearing, but just you know, right. just the, the frequencies. It's like he knows those songs so well. Yeah, well, he's another guy who's been playing them. Uh, yeah, over the years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you are you guys on in ears? We are. Yeah, he's not, but we we are. He's yeah, not. The band is. He's the only one that's not. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Well. And is it pretty, I would assume it's pretty loud on stage. Uh, oh yeah. If I ever take the, I mean, the drums and the, and the, and the guitar are just, my God. Yeah. yeah. The ears, I have to have ears. Right. Same with Roger. He absolutely loves them now. You know, he, 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 he wishes he would have had him years ago. Yeah. Well, especially this, the singing thing. Oh, cause it's going to affect how you sing and your voice lasts yeah. a lot longer. When yeah. You're not, when you're not having to yell over guitars. That's right. <laughs> right. That's right. So is Zach Starkey still doing it? Zach is the guy. Yeah. How is yeah. that? He seems just incredible. Oh, he's so funny. He's funny as hell. Loves to laugh too. And I mean, what a player. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he's been there so long now. He's been with the who. Oh my God. I mean, 30 years, maybe. Yeah, probably. Wow, that's crazy. Close to it. I yeah. know it's crazy. And another part of just you know, rock royalty. You know, being oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's pretty. Must be yeah, pretty it's, intense being surrounded by all that all the time. It's great. Yeah, it's it's always great when his dad comes around. It's just such a thrill. And were you um, a Who fan as well as a kid? Oh yeah, absolutely. I had Who's Next. And uh, meaty, beady, big and bouncy, and uh, <laughs> you know, I was a big Who fan. I, I that growing up, I had older siblings, so I just listened to the Beatles for number one. Yeah. Um, they're what drove me to become a musician. But then after that, it was the Kinks, the Who, the Stones. You know, not in that order, but th- those are the those are the bands I was listening to. Th- that old classic rock. It's got to feel good. It's got to feel like you made it. Yeah, it's absolutely. So I feel like it's when I, you know, I've had a chance to play with some of my heroes as well. And it's like, there's such a different feeling than playing with the latest, greatest artist who's out right now. It's like, you yeah. might be making a bunch of money and in front of big crowds, but then you could make lesser money and, you know, right. play, play with your hero. And, and it's just, it's a different feeling of like, wow, you know, I, it's I, so I, different. I've, done, I've done something with my life. You know? Yeah. Oh, I've done, I've, uh, I've played with people just, you know, little heroes like that, just because 
you just want to. It's yeah. like that you don't you don't care where the gig is or what it pays. And it's like you're playing with someone that inspired you so much, you know? Yeah. Like you want to be around that. Yeah. So I mean you want both really is what you want. <laughs> yeah. And you want both on a regular basis. That's right. <laughs> Consistent consistently. <laughs> right. Well, you guys were supposed to be out this summer, right? Yeah, we were uh, we were leaving. Uh, see, I got the call that tour was canceled the day before I was going to head to the airport to fly to England. Oh wow! Yeah, so that was such a shame. And do you do they like to rehearse a lot before a tour? Or is no, it- they do not. Um, but in this case, um, the tour that we were on, it was with an orchestra, and it was oh. pretty intense. So a little more rehearsing than usual because when you're playing just the hits, mm-hmm. there's uh, you know, they, you know, like you were saying, they just know these songs so well, there's no reason to, to rehearse, you know, and, and, and they, they don't like to, it just it kind of kills uh, the vibe. You know, they right. like to just go out there and, and play it. And if they crash, they crash, you know, right. it's just, it's just so rock and roll. I, I just love it so fun i know right oh wow so did you rehearse did you rehearse a lot when you got the gig or was it like you're just thrown into the fire we did yeah because it was it was all that was all new and there was time to prepare um there was a lot of vocals we were doing that that uh they didn't have you know one of the thing roger really likes is is uh you know we can we sing a lot in his band so he wanted to bring more of those vocals in with the who um so i was able to contribute there um so there's a lot of vocal rehearsals and uh just i think just reshaping it because it was a new band right and the first tour was quadrophenia so it was it was a lot to take on yeah that's really really intense so i have to ask because i'm a bass player but when you first got on wasn't pino still he was yeah pino was still doing it so how was it working with pino that guy's oh he's he's a legend yeah Great, you know, um, and not a guy that I would have first picked for the Who, you know, like he's kind of mostly, uh, you know, got pretty famously known for his, you know, his uh, fretless stuff, fretless work, band, yeah, it, which is so delicate and so, mm-hmm. you know, so I heard he got the Who gig. I was like, wow, that's yeah, that's well, I think Pete had used him a lot on his solo records. Got you to like give blood and some of those real driving songs, you know, I think. Pete, he, he's always been Pete's go-to guy. Got you. Well, he's phenomenal um, at everything he does. Yeah, he's fantastic. That was one of the my takeaways from the Roger audition. Actually, it was that I kind of before that I was playing R and B. I'm a smooth jazz guy, right? You no know, chops, jazz, and then I went into that audition, and I, you know, I, I learned the songs. I'm definitely a homework doer. I was very prepared. Yeah, as we all are, yeah. <laughs> but just the tone after play, I got to my generation and those bass solos, you know, and <laughs> right. And they're so not, you know, bass-esque, really. Yeah. And, you know, Antwistle is such a guitar player in the way he's a guitar play. player, right? I yeah. know. And, and so aggressive, and the tone is not what not not R and B whatsoever. And I just it was really I went home thinking, not only am I not the right guy for this gig right this second, <laughs> but I, I think a lot of people said that after that audition. Yeah. 
but from what I, I hear. But I wasn't a rock guy at all. And, you know, this is kind of my first, you know, I mean, I'm growing right. up and I did cover bands and all that stuff. But sure, yeah. You know, to be right in the midst of it, it was like, yeah, this is not my, I, I have some practicing to do. You know, there's this, <laughs> this whole other part of the world that I've sort of, pushed aside because i was a jazz snob you know right right. and everyone does their thing you know it's 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 cool but i I know what you mean yeah entwistle i mean just a monster oh my god you listen do you ever listen to those bass bass lines like isolated yes yeah and it's (laughs) i mean it's an acquired taste in a way because uh, by itself as a bass player i listen to the tone and i'm just like ah Right. I don't know that I like that, you know. <laughs> what I would do. But it's so perfect for the Who. Yeah, but you put it in the mix and you put it in with all those uh, other those other energies. Yeah, and it's you know, I mean, obviously, it changed changed the world. That sound, absolutely. So, pretty cool. Four of them were so unique and such strong personalities. Yeah. yeah. So, what was it like the first time you played uh, Royal Albert Hall? Oh, couldn't believe it. I did that with Roger. And uh, I was just like this, like, I felt like a kid, like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's just historic, Uh, even though I was a grown man. Um, (laughs) But it's just majestic. You're standing on that stage and and, uh, a couple of the road guys were telling me stories and like where the Queen's box is and... Yeah, uh, it's you know this is where Jimmy Page has a box there, and just on and on. And you think about, I mean, everyone's played there, you know. Yeah. So gosh, so that was that was a big that was a big deal. And we played there. Now I played there a bunch of times. So it's just like, okay, yeah. here we are. And you're like, not again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this old place. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And now you're a part of history. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. I love it. It's it's a uh, that's I love I love England. I love Albert Hall. I have to confess something. I I love books, but I I don't love reading, and it's it's been something that I've I've wrestled with since I was a kid. You know, I, I can read. I have read books, but they're very time consuming, and I've spent most of my time trying to build a music career, <laughs> which takes a lot of time. But one thing I definitely do a lot of is drive in L.A. traffic on my way to a gig. And there's a solution that combines those two situations, and that's called Audible.com. Audible has thousands of audiobook titles, and you can listen offline anywhere, anytime. The app is free and can be installed on all smartphones and tablets. And they have just a ton of music-related titles, like All You Need to Know About the Music Business by Donald S. Passman, How Music Works by David Byrne, or Music Production Secrets by Calvin Carter. And you can get a free 30-day trial right now if you visit audibletrial.com slash divebarrockstar. That's audibletrial.com slash divebarrockstar. I'd like to take a second to thank you for listening to the Dive Bar Rockstar podcast. As a new podcast, getting the word out is a vital part of what it takes to keep the show on the road. Uh, or off the road, as the current case may be. If you would like to support the podcast... All you got to do is subscribe wherever you listen. And if you have an extra minute or two, please leave a review. You can also share and follow the podcast on your social media apps. Okay, enough begging. I hope you're having fun. And once again, thank you for listening. So we met through a mutual friend, Gene Siegel, 
who oh, I was that's right. in a band with. And uh, actually, the the funny, the interesting part to me is that we, it's kind of typical of the the way things are recorded these days and whatever. But we met actually the first time I, I believe I met you was at the photo shoot for the record that you oh got. Oh my did. God, that's right. <laughs> that that's I played, how we first met. Yeah. And I played and sung on the record, but uh, we never actually met until the photo shoot. Amazing. For, yeah. The record Victoria station. That's right. Um, and <laughs> really great. Um, really great songs and, that was fun. Uh, Jane's a dear old friend. Yeah, we, we one of the first guys I met when I moved to LA. So you guys didn't know each other up north? No, isn't that funny? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, he's from Los Altos. I'm from Palo Alto, and uh, so we had so many. I think I think we we even realized that we were, went to the same like nursery school, or it was ah. just so so funny. Yeah, um, that's but cool. yeah, we had similar tastes in music and. Uh, as you know, Gene is such a, such a talent. So we, yeah, it was great. And you guys co-wrote that whole record, right? Pretty much. And there's, I think there's a f- couple of songs that Gene had had before I met him um, that we did, but most of the songs were co- co-written. I can't even remember what songs ended up being on the, on the record, but yeah, I think most of them were, were co-writes. Yeah. You also have though, two solo albums, at least on Spotify. I do. Last I checked, <laughs> those were very old, very old albums. I plan on putting out some, uh, some newer stuff soon because um, that those were done so long ago. So as you know, we put out music, and then you're like, you know, years go by. You're like, I really need to get something newer out there. Yeah, right. Yeah, because they're up there forever representing you. <laughs> but I yeah, say, the reason I bring them up because I, I I was listening to them last night, and it's. Oh, Just amazing stuff. I appreciate that. Um, that first one, Reflections of Gold. Yeah. Uh, that was just me at the piano for the most part. Yeah. And so cool. And, and it reminded me, I was with an artist named Keiko Matsui for sure. 12 of course. years. I remember. And it reminded me a lot of her stuff. I don't know if you had ever listened to her. I, no, I did not know that. But she, she has a solo piano record. But she, um, when we played live, there was always a couple of songs that she would just do by herself at the piano. And it was, Isn't that great? Yeah. yeah. But really, really great stuff. Um, who was the sax player on that? I want to say it was Rodney Taylor. Oh, cool. Who uh, the engineer um, brought in. He was so good. Yeah, I've played with uh, him. Do you know Rodney? I've, I played with him when I first moved out here. We did a couple of yeah. casuals. And, and, uh, you know, he had to just kind of play to, I just played that song freeform at the Stein on the Steinway. And, uh, with the thought in my head, like, Oh, let's add a sax later. And he had, he just kind of, you know, no click, no, nothing in time. And he just wove right in perfectly. It was beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. The song someday just, uh, as I think that was my favorite on that record. Thanks man. <laughs> Yeah. And then the, next, the next one was Keys, and I guess that was 2005. That sounds right, which is, again, a lifetime ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, did that on, I did that on the laptop. Whoa, really? Yeah, I remember, remember, which is like everyone does that now. But yeah. at the time, that was like, I remember bringing in uh, uh, someone to play, and they're like, amazing, you're doing this on a laptop. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like... <laughs> But, you know, you, you blow them out and, and max them out. You can, you know, why not? Oh, man. And I, was, I, was, I was on the road a lot, so I was able to, 
to edit drums and stuff like that on the road. It was, it was quite the experience. Well, I was going to ask about the drums. Are, are they live? They were live. Yeah. Ron oh, yeah. Wixo is a drummer. He, yeah, that... he played, used to play in uh, Foreigner and Cher back in the day. Got you. They sound great. Yeah. That that opening track is just this. The production is amazing. Oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah. I I just did that on uh, on my computer. (laughs) But then you get down to saying goodbye. And that that tune, like, just, I had to listen to it a few times. It was just, it just destroyed me. I thought if I, if if you were to ask me before the record, I would have been, you need to move that up. (laughs) <laughs> that, it's not the last the last track isn't it yeah 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 uh, no, thanks, i really man. really 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 enjoyed it thank um, you it was fun it was fun to do that as you know taking on something like that is just so much work yeah um it's one thing to write the songs you know it's like okay god is it done it's done it's like, all right now let's record it it's like oh god yeah exactly <laughs> It felt like that was a little more sort of towards the smooth jazz. Thing. It was a little bit, not not yeah. intentionally. That's not, you know, that's not where I was heading by any means. I just, that was just a production that came out of me. Um, it's not okay. like I was influenced by anyone, particularly in the smooth jazz genre. Yeah, it has a definitely a unique. You know what I mean? Not full in the in the smooth jazz bag, and it's yeah, because it's know. not a jazz record by any sense. You right. Know, that's right. Um, it just it, it is what it is, but it definitely like it, you are right. It is more of that you know, it leans that way absolutely. Yeah. So did at some point did you think I'm going to have a career as a solo piano player, or was that just for fun or for licensing or when you were making? Um, no, I, it is much fun as I had with that and doing that, and I still do. I still write tracks like that. I just actually just did another one with my new piano. Um, I always, I still wanted to, you know, play in a band and play live. And, um, I never really, I mean, I think there was moment, a moment where I was like, you know, if, if there was an opportunity possibly maybe to do a solo piano tour, if it was really good, I would have done it. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, I never really pushed to make that happen. I just, I, I wanted to just rock a little bit more, <laughs> right, right, right. you know, play with other musicians and, uh, you know, stand and, you know, <laughs> rock a little bit. And luckily the who came on at the right time. Yeah. Cause I think it's interesting. Like I have sort of the same career in a sense of like, I mean, I, I don't play with the who, but I play with a country icon and, yes, you and do. somebody who's very far from 
the smooth jazz roots where I kind of started. And you, you know, you've gone from sort of pop idols through a semi smooth jazz, you know, thing all the way right. to, you know, it's very wild, right? diverse, you know, and yeah, I, I kind of feel proud of it. And, and cause I've always loved all kinds of music and me too. To pull that off and to keep going in new directions. Is that, uh, I love it. And I love playing with, you know, I love, sometimes I'll do, I'll do random gigs. Like I'll do a charity gig. Um, I'll put together or something like that. I'll be, I'll be asked to, to run and I'll play with different singers, different, different styles. I'll do a Broadway song and then I'll do a Stevie wonder song and then I'll do a um, classic rock song. And just, I like it. You know, it's, it's, it's fun to mix it up. Cause I, I'm like you, I like, I just like good music, you know? Right. Right. I love, I love old, classic country and you know willie nelson and, you know you, you, yeah. you name it if it's good i'm i'm a fan yeah and i think it helps your playing on all your other gigs to have that kind absolutely of diversity you know just keeps yeah. the chops moving in other directions you know that's right and you know what, to, what how to approach each song you know yeah where you do it so um you've also written books I've done a couple books with. You're a man uh, of many talents, man. I'm trying, you know. <laughs> trying. Yeah. Well, part of the show is about sort of what it takes to make a living in music, and it, you got to be diverse. You got to have. You got to be diverse. Different income streams, you know. That's and, right. And uh, so you've written a, a couple of instructional books. Yeah, I did two books um, for Alfred Music, great publishing company. Um, I used to use their sheet music when I gave piano lessons and I mean, they've been around forever. Yeah. Um, so Ron Manis, the, the head of Alfred reached out to me about, about doing, uh, doing a, a book. We started with one, it was a blues book and then we did a rock book, but you know, basically it was, um, I'd say it took like, uh, what was it? 13 or 14 songs. I, I'd pick different keyboard players. And I would write like for the rock, the rock book. I would say I'd take like Nicky Hopkins and Elton John and Billy Preston, and I would write a little two-minute piece in the style of those players. Oh, cool! Right, and then I and then I notated it out, so you get the notation and and you get a little description about the artist and their background, and then I recorded them with some friends, and then so when people get the book, you get to hear the tracks. And then it comes with software and then there's a virtual mixer and you can use little sliders to, you know, if you just want to hear the piano, if you just want to hear the bass player or the guitar player, or the drums. Oh, that's and uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. That was a lot of work. Wow. So, yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, a lot of research and a lot of, you know, thinking about who you love and learning that style and right it's right. like all right guess it's time to do a keith emerson riff <laughs> like, okay here we go <laughs> yeah so you know but yeah. it was a good challenge and a lot of fun i was great i'm proud of it yeah oh it's a great idea yeah it sounds like one of those things like a podcast where it sounds like a great idea but <laughs> until the, you press record <laughs> the amount of hours that it takes to to, to put it all together <laughs> oh yeah i can't imagine <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah so you grew up in palo alto I did. Palo Alto, California. Yeah, judging by your, your Facebook posts and stuff, you seem to have a lot of pride in that, and you go back there often, it seems like. I do. I have family up there, yeah. Yeah, yeah obviously, I'm a sports fan, and I love uh, 
I love the, you know, the Bay Area teams and, um, and I do, it, it's always, it's still home, you know? Yeah. It's always going to be home. So how have you been coping this year without sports? I, you know, that's another major, uh, thing. Oh, in your, I know. The well, baseball is a, is a big one for me. So that's, yeah. been, that, that it's killed me. It's torture. I, there's nothing <laughs> I enjoy more than just, you know, having a full day and then turning on the TV at night and watching a ball game. Um, I'm going to do that tonight if they don't cancel the season in the next three hours. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. It's been crazy. Right. So yeah. Talk about, the, home <laughs> opener, the home opener was just the other day. That's yeah. so nuts. So how do you think this? Well, yeah, I guess we don't even know. I was going to say, I, uh, I'd be shocked if it plays out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really would be. I think this is just the tip of the iceberg and it's just weird because if they do get to the end of it, you know, who's going to be left standing and do you really give a trophy to the world series winner right. in, this, in this situation? Cause most of the teams, a lot of teams don't have, you know, their best players on the field. Right. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm really glad they're playing cause I love baseball. I love watching it. Right. Um, but I think it just wasn't, thought out that well <laughs> well yeah and how do you decide the best team out of just 60 games is that enough to figure out a it's, it, <laughs> that's, it's the best that's a whole nother thing <laughs> it, it's just it's just crazy and now they're you know the marlins are losing a week of the their the next week of, of baseball so now they're going to try to double those up at the end and then you're going to have pitchers doubling up and it's just not a true indication of, of a world champion at the end of the day yeah. that's for sure I think everyone should just get a participation trophy this year. <laughs> I like so- keep soccer. Playing, keep playing so that we can watch. You're all winners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a big middle school league now. Uh, exactly. <laughs> just give them all a ribbon and, a, and like, a, you know, and like a, a cupcake at the end yeah. of the year. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to play out myself. Yeah. Well, speaking of baseball, though, the, yeah. um, I, I met with you up. I happened. To, I was playing with a band called Bostics, and we played up uh, up north at uh, Tony Larusa's ARF event. And that's and, right. And I run into you there playing with. That was not great. I think they I was called it, Huey Lewis. Yeah. yeah, I think they called it Huey Lewis and almost the news. <laughs> it wasn't the whole band, but it was right. a lot and of the, Huey Lewis in the classified section. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but what was that like how was that experience? oh man that was great like, i mean such a cool guy such a cool guy and they're all giants fans <laughs> it was just like <laughs> we were talking baseball the entire time backstage it was like this is yeah. this is great i'm like take me on the road baseball and they golf and it's like oh my god <laughs> right up my alley yeah. um but i mean i've always loved the love those guys and oh so much fun to play those songs yeah, and they're a Bay Area band. They're Bay Area, yeah, strong, yeah. yeah so, so cool. And did and, you rehearse a lot with them, or was it, was it just like... Yeah, just that, that afternoon, we just went over each song like once. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was, it was yeah, just and it, very it, informal, and it's just, everyone's there just to, you know, because we, we, we love Tony, and just to raise money, and right. animals, and, and uh, but everyone's on their game. We, we prepared, everyone prepared, there's a music director, Mark Russo, great guy, um, plays sax for the Doobies. And um, yeah. so he kind of 
puts it all together um you know a few weeks before like here's the songs we're going to do here's charts and uh if you need you know whoever needs charts and so he he maps it out really well so everyone kind of knows what you know what to expect right and i know he's uh huey lewis has had problems with with his hearing that's right yeah Um, shortly after that he kind of announced that wow maybe maybe the next year or something like that and such is so sad to hear that yeah it's such a drag what an iconic voice hope he can get it back you know in check i hope they can play again yeah and it sounded i I, i'm pretty sure i checked a couple of the songs but i feel like they were the original keys that night the original oh the keys of the songs oh yeah no i don't think we dropped yeah anything from what i remember and he he sounded great yeah i got to to hang out with him at the bar a little bit afterwards and oh that was fun it was pretty cool yeah that was a fun gig. I love doing that. That was so great. Yeah, I was so happy to see you there. I was like, what a nice surprise. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I and you I did that's when I found out you were a Sticks fan too. Absolutely. I was, playing, I was playing with a tribute band that does Boston and Sticks. It's a little odd, but they're great. They're phenomenal. Yeah. Like some too of the bad best. none of you guys sang well. <laughs> <laughs> My I God. Just, I was just gonna say some of the best singers I've ever <laughs> Experienced in one band, like insane. I mean, to take on a project like that. I mean, you, yeah. yeah, yeah. No tracks, just no. I know you guys. I mean, that's doing it, man. It was it was crazy. <laughs> but it are was they still band. doing that? I I assume. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I had to leave Big the shoes. band shortly after that, just be, uh, because of the Dwight. The Dwight my fault. Came Sorry up. about that. No, no, all good. We're all friends. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I I had joined him just a few months. A couple, I don't know. I think I joined him in November. That yeah. was January, and by April I was gone. So I, I felt, you know, it's just the way yeah. this business works sometimes. But I had nothing but a, the best time playing with those guys. Super sweet dudes and uh, yeah, phenomenal. I remember we hung out. We had a a drink at the at the hotel after too. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a awesome was gig. So you also play with uh, Rita Wilson once in a while. I still do. Yeah. Oh, she's so sweet. Um, cool. th- I played with her a lot recently, actually. Before this, well, before all this craziness, yeah. um, we went to went to Greece, and um, we went down to Mexico. For, there's a big festival that Brandy Carlisle has every year. Women's Women in Rock. I can't remember the actual name of the festival, but Cheryl Crow was on. And, uh, Very cool. It was it's a great lineup, but uh, Rita's great. Yeah, she just she just so sweet. Loves to sing. Works hard. Always always is working on something else. Just always staying busy. Yeah, yeah. we had her on. Uh, Dwight does a XM radio show. On, oh right. Um, on his channel, and we we she was on. We're the backup band. We all just play acoustic instruments in this in the studio you know and so she was a guest and we we got oh that's great did you get to talk to her at all or just kind of play and not really but i got yeah i got to play and so we were all you know we're all in the studio for a good 20 or 30 minutes so we're all kind of working it out you know mm-hmm. she just seemed really 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 She's cool. so sweet isn't she yeah loves to laugh we laugh our ass off together and at one point know. at one point her phone rang and she was kind of embarrassed. She turned it off, and then we get all done. And she's like, "Oh, that was my husband, you know, checking to see where where I was because 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 this is you know it, it, the show had run a little later than it was supposed to, right?" And, and, and the whole room is just like, 
We know who her husband is. Yeah, we know who that is. <laughs> that's a little crazy. <laughs> it's surreal when he comes around. You're like, wow, that's right yeah. in the flesh, you know? Right. And he's hilarious. I he seems him. like a pretty fun dude. Super fun dude. Yeah. We're talking about Tom Hanks, of course, for those people that don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's always the guy I use in my head as like, when people talk about Hollywood and actors and they're all this and they're all that. And then you're like, no, I mean, Tom Hanks, I bet you he's a pretty cool dude. He's super down to earth. He's Again, like super quick, guy. super funny. So we'll take pictures, you know, I see he, he's amazing with the fans. He's like, come on, let's do it. Of course. He's like, <laughs> oh, you know, go get him, you know? And it's just, he's just so much fun. Oh uh, man. So you also were with Kenny Loggins for a while too, right? Yeah. I, that was great. I mean, you really got to be on your game. A lot yeah. of lot of stuff going on. That's one where you want to, you know. But he, he funny because he likes to hear your ideas though too. Um, <laughs> but he's such a pro. Um, great to play live with. Funny, funny as hell that guy. Again, a really smart, funny man. Oh, um, cool. A lot of vocals, a lot of singing. Yeah, probably more so than any band I've or any artist I've been a part of. Wow, Kenny, really? Kenny and, and Don Felder, yeah, for sure. He's such an inspiration. I, I've always loved Kevin, Kenny Loggins way before I got the gig. And I was like, I was yeah. really thrilled to be playing with him. And I've heard he's pretty particular about parts and stuff. But Absolutely. it sounds like he changes up the arrangement, so it's not always like the record. Yeah, he's always changing it up. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, but he is particular, and uh, he's on his game. Yeah. Great ears, and he, you know, he, he always gets great players. That's awesome. I don't know what I was doing there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you must be worth something because everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> did, he love, did he love mistakes as well? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> That's so funny. Wow. <laughs> no one ever made mistakes in that band. That was pretty impressive, actually. Yeah. Oh. he's always got the best even me even even i even i played right <laughs> kenny just brings it out of you right yeah sometimes that's all you can do you just have to and yeah you get to the end of the show i mean i have nights when i can you know i usually keep a tally in my head so how if many right like a, if i go through a four show a lot of times we play four times a week if yeah. i can have like keep it down to like two mistakes out of four shows then then i'm gonna then i'm then i'm doing well yeah exactly i like it i try not to to even give myself a mulligan on each show right i've not been doing that no no no, no. no mulligans <laughs> no mulligans in, in no. the role I love it. <laughs> well anyway it's been awesome talking to you man i want to take up man, to, to your time great to talk to you thanks but, for having me on and uh good luck with the podcast and all that thanks man i appreciate it I'm a Well, it's amazing to me that he stays so humble and cool after playing with, um, you know, legendary rock band, The Who. Um, but he does. He's a great guy, great player. And I thought it was really interesting when he was talking about having to hire musicians for, you know, these pop artists um, and especially the Disney stuff. But um, and he talked about how it's not really about the playing sometimes. It's like we know you can play. He just needs to make sure that you have a good attitude and you can behave and you can work with an artist. And so I thought I'd talk about what that means to me as, you know, from my experience working with artists 
And of course, every artist is different and it's really hard to generalize, but I thought about some rules that are safe to follow kind of with anybody. So rule number one, listen, listen, listen. And if or when you speak, choose your words carefully and don't use too many. Number two, don't waste their time with questions that someone else on the team can answer. Don't bother them with like when the next gig is or what the flight schedule is. Um, Number three, remember that they are not your friend. And if they end up being your friend, and some do, I'm friends to this day with, with several artists that I've worked with. But if they do become your friend, that means you are really lucky and you're in an amazing situation. So don't assume that it's going to be that way and don't try to make it that way. If it's going to happen, it'll happen. And number four, just be respectful at all times. You know, it's probably a good rule of thumb just for life, but especially if you're around an artist. I think it's important to keep in mind that generally those that are in the artist position are surrounded by people that want or need something from them all the time. And that can get completely exhausting. There are legendary stories about uh, Prince, for example, of his team instructing people before he arrives somewhere not to look him in the eye and don't speak to him unless he speaks to you. And to people that have never been around that world, it may seem to be an incredibly egotistical request, you know, But when you witness a day in a big artist's life, you become aware of why one might ask for that. They're stared at all day long by people that want something from them, whether that be a fan wanting an autograph or members of their team needing big decisions to be made. And I'm not suggesting that they don't have awesome lives and they they get to do things that the average person doesn't do. But I'm just saying that at the end of the day, no matter how incredible they are, they're still just human beings. And again, every artist is different. These are just some of the observations from my experiences. And, uh, you know, as a sideman or a musical director, I want everything to be easy when they finally get back to the fun part of their day, which is making music and performing. Creativity is always hindered by stress. So part of my job is to make sure the artist is free to create, which uh, should probably be the fifth rule. Just stay out of the way. So that's just my two cents on on, uh, working with an artist. Um, If you have any other ideas, please email me at fanmail at divarrockstar.com. And I wanted to clarify a few things. Um, ARF stands for Animal Rescue Foundation, and that is uh, baseball legend Tony LaRusso's foundation that me and Lauren played at. He played with Huey Lewis in the News, and I was playing with Bostics. And their record, my friend Gene and Lauren's record where I met Lauren, is actually called Station Victoria, not Victoria Station. I should have known that. Uh, Center Staging is a huge rehearsal complex in Burbank where all, you know, tons of big stars rehearse. And that's where I auditioned both for High School Musical and rehearsed for High School Musical and didn't make the audition for Taylor Hicks, which was right across the hall where they auditioned and rehearsed. Um, Simon Townsend is Pete's brother who also has his own solo stuff and it's really great. Check it out. And just in case you're not a Who fan, Zach Starkey is actually Ringo Starr's son who plays drums. And Pino Palladino, I don't think I mentioned his last name, is the current bass player for for The Who. So definitely, if you don't know him, he's he's uh, just check him out. As a bass player, I'm a huge fan. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dive Bar Rockstar podcast. I'm a Dive Bar Rockstar. 
Wow, you've made it to the end. I'm hoping it's because you completely enjoyed yourself and are now filled with knowledge and inspiration to move forward with your dreams. If that is the case and you would like to stay informed of new episodes, live events, and general news, please go to divebarrockstar.com and sign up for the mailing list. If you have any questions, comments, corrections, or complaints about anything you hear on the show, please email me at fanmail at divebarrockstar.com and you may even end up on the show. We at the Dive Bar Rockstar Podcast, with all of our hearts, thank you for listening, and remember, it's all about dreams. Dreams.